0: Bill Gertz, national security columnist for The Washington Times, senior editor at The Washington Free Beacon, and has been with The Times since, since 1985, author of uh, six books, four of them national bestsellers. Uh, he has really done his homework on China, and there couldn't be a better time for this book to be coming out. Welcome to the program, Bill Gertz. Hi, Glenn. Great to be on the show. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, so, Bill, first of all, I have to ask, the title of the book is Deceiving the Sky. Can you explain what that means?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it comes from ancient Chinese strategy. The, the Chinese communists today are, despite being communists, are steeped in ancient strategy. And this dates to, everyone is familiar with Sun Tzu, the guy who said, the acme of skill is defeating your enemy without firing a shot. Well, there's also a book from the same period called The 36 Strategies. The first of those is Deceive the Sky to Cross the Ocean. And it's a story about a Chinese general in this warring states uh, period where he had to convince the emperor to go to war to a neighboring province. And basically he deceived the emperor into getting onto a boat and going across. And the emperor had to decide, does he turn back or go to war? He goes to war. So the, the the meaning behind this is that for to defeat your enemy, you must be willing to deceive the sky. And in China, the emperor is considered God. So you have to even deceive God in order to achieve your goals. And this is exactly what communist China is doing today.
0: Boy, between Islam and, uh, and China, everybody seems, and Russia, everybody seems cool with lying uh, to get their way. And unfortunately, I think we're adopting many of those uh, strategies. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. ahead.
1: No, I was going to say deception is the key to understanding the threat from China. Um, They are steeped in deception. They've deceived us for the last 40 years into thinking they're not a threat, that they're a benign power, and that if you just be nice to them, that they'll turn into this uh, free, open society. It was was a gamble that totally failed. Now we've got this uh, emerging uh, semi-superpower that wants not only to rule the world, but In order to do that to defeat the United States
0: I I find what's happening with our corporations today terrifying terrifying they know what this country is they know what they're doing especially the tech companies they know exactly what China is doing and it seems the almighty dollar is is greater than anything else to these people Well, I think
1: uh, we've seen that in the NBA, the craven NBA appeasement of China, where they basically said that they were uh, going to, first, one of their executives promoted democracy in Hong Kong, and then the entire uh, NBA kowtowed to Beijing, and and it's just horrible. This is the future if we don't push back against communist China.
0: All right, so explain to people who are like, ah, China, it's not so bad. Explain why we should care about them.
1: Well, um, like I said, we've had this 40-year gamble that if we just engage with China and trade with China, uh, that they'll become a benign power. And that's been an utter failure, because the first thing in deceiving the sky, I focus a lot on communist ideology. I, I even have a chapter that goes into how communists lie. So lying is a key feature of their system, and they've lied about what their goals and aspirations are, and again, they see the United States as their main enemy. They have this massive conspira- they believe that there's a massive conspiracy by the United States and the West to contain uh, socialist communist China. And I've tried to highlight in all of these areas, from ideological threats to financial threats, to military threats, to intelligence threats, it's across the board. I've been covering this for over 30 years, and it's just, like I say, it's becoming a greater threat every day. As Like I said, this NBA case is just a, an egregious example of uh, appeasement of this communist uh, dictatorship.
0: So how are they specifically a threat to us?
1: Well, uh, militarily, uh, they have said that they're developing weapons and capabilities, uh, like cyber attacks and lasers, that can do incredible damage to us. And like I say, I I outline a scenario in the book where China could, this is a fictional scenario, where China could actually launch a global Pearl Harbor missile attack against all the ships in the U.S. Navy and just totally knock them out. So they're developing capabilities in preparation for a future conflict with the United States. Another alarming area is in the area of cyber. Uh, The U.S. intelligence agencies have detected that China has been engaged in a uh, uh, cyber attacks uh, across the board on uh, uh, inside of our system they're looking at uh, basically how to map our electric grids so that if uh, there's a crisis they get inside of that grid and they shut down the electricity you know we have 16 critical infrastructures transportation electric all that but there, and when you come down to it there's really only one critical infrastructure, and that's the electric grid, and we know they've been inside of it mapping it and preparing for future attacks.
0: And I play devil's advocate, Bill? Sure. I hope we're doing the same thing to them.
1: Well, I hope so, too, and I have not heard what we're doing, but the problem has been, and, and again, that would be an intelligence function, um, the U.S. government has been engaged in a massive intelligence failure related to China. And that failure is that they've underassessed it. I, I can remember back in 1999 going to the DIA and getting a briefing on the Chinese military. And then afterwards, uh, this colonel came in the room and said, the general would like to see you. It was the, the general was the, the director of the DIA. And we sat down in a, a windowless conference room. And he said to me, he said, Bill, China is not a threat. And I was shocked. And I said, why do you why do you say that? And he said, well, because of their statements. And well, it turns out that 2 years later there was a Chinese spy working inside the defense intelligence agency and the general was reflecting those views. So this mm. is how China has influenced our our views of of their system.
0: Talk to me a little bit about um the the China 2025 and China 2020. One is Internal looking, if I'm not mistaken, and the other is external. Correct.
1: Well, uh, <clears throat> there's there's a number of different programs. The China 2025 was their economic program to basically corner the world market on all of the high technology areas, right. uh, most notably 5G. Uh, they have other programs here called the Thousand Talents Program, where they're, they're siphoning off and hiring scientists and others to go back to China and give them that expertise. And uh, after the uh, White House, under the Trump administration, revealed this China 2025 program, guess what? They decided, uh-oh, we better not talk about this anymore. We tipped our hand. Now the West knows what we're up to. So they kind of made a mistake in revealing that.
0: And China 2020 is the control of their people, which I don't think people understand their social credit system here. I don't think you can't say, hey, we love China and we just want to do business with China uh, and expect us to have an open and friendly relationship when they are really tracking and imprisoning their entire population. It's, It's Hitler's dream system.
1: It is a total I, I call it uh, high tech totalitarianism. Um, I was in uh, in Beijing in June of two thousand and eighteen with then defense secretary Jim mattis, and I felt like it was an information desert you couldn 't access the internet freely you couldn 't get social media you couldn 't go on Google and do searches that you you know that we do so commonly every day. Uh, they are into total control, and again, this goes back to the uh, Clinton administration during the uh, the 90s, where uh, Clinton was a believer in unfettered engagement. He said, "Let's give them all this high technology." He said, "Trying to uh, control the internet would be like trying to nail jello to the wall." Well, the mm-hmm. Chinese are very close to nailing jello to the wall mm-hmm. in terms of controlling the internet.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, he was the first one to sell them a supercomputer.
1: Well, it was across the board. I I, I like to point out to people that uh, under this engagement policy, one of the worst global security failures took place. And that was under Clinton. They decided we were going to share nuclear cooperation with the Chinese. So we sent our nuclear weapons laboratory Mm -hmm. scientists to China. They sent theirs to the U.S. And within a few short years, The CIA concluded that China, through espionage, obtained secrets on every deployed warhead in the U.S. arsenal. They then spread that technology to Pakistan, and then Pakistan further spread it through the AQ Khan nuclear supplier network uh, to North Korea, Iran, uh, Syria, and Libya. And we learned this in 2003 when we took down the Libyan nuclear program. There were Chinese-language documents on how to make a small warhead for a missile. I can't think of a greater... Uh, disaster for U.S. and global security than uh, trading nuclear cooperation with the Chinese.
0: So I want to I want to go to kind of what you're talking about, espionage, but it's espionage on a global scale, and here in America, I don't think people really understand how much they have stolen from us and what the ramifications are. We'll go there with Bill Gertz in just a second. The name of the uh, book is Deceiving the Sky... If you want to know what China really is, uh, you know, you happen to be playing ball for the NBA, you might want to pick this book up before you make it an apology. So they have been uh, stealing technology from us uh, like crazy. Can you give us a highlight of, of this? Sure. Yeah,
1: first off, um, the uh, White House put out a report last year and the title was China's economic aggression against the United States there was a big fight in the White House the uh, the pro-China traders said oh you, you can't say that you can't say economic aggression and they said well yes we can and one of the reasons was as they outlined in this report that China is obtaining between 250 billion and 600 billion annually in American intellectual property and high technology no nation can survive especially when our economy is so wedded to the high tech sector so this is this gives you a sense of 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 how serious the problem is
0: and it's not that they're stealing you know books from us they've always just taken i've got a chinese copy of harry potter that's not harry potter but it is harry potter um they don't care about things like that but they're going even to places where you're building turbines and they didn't know how to build a turbine and they'll say okay we'll buy these turbines from you but one of our people has to be there to uh, to witness the whole thing when they do they hack into the site they they take all of the technology all the know-how and then they cancel. in this particular case they canceled the contract on the turbines
1: yeah it's a it's unbelievable the the uh, scope of of the intellectual property theft and acquisition i mean it ranges from government secrets and i highlight that in the book about how they stole the uh... c-17 uh... design information uh, worth three point four billion dollars from boeing and then they went out and built their own uh... y-20 uh, transport the same same thing they also stole secrets on our fighter jets um, so at, on the commercial side, again, it's it's again a staggering amount. Uh, Trump has done something very unique. Um, he has basically said, "Look, we're not going to allow this kind of theft to take place," and and it was allowed to happen under successive Republican and Democratic administrations. Right. They looked the other way, they said nothing, and it continued to happen. So Trump is saying. Uh, just like we did in the latter stages of the Cold War against the Soviet Union when we blocked uh, Western and U.S. technology, uh, he's saying, okay, let's see what kind of a Chinese economic miracle can exist without stolen U.S. technology. And my guess is we're starting to see a a kind of decline in the Chinese economy, so I think it's kind of working.
0: I will tell you this. um, I'm big time against tariffs, but what he's doing in China I generally agree with. Um, 5G uh, and Huawei is 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 potentially deadly to the West.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are in a real national security race for this new technology. You know, the thing to understand about 5G it's it's not just a jump from 4G to 5G as as the next generation. It's it's really a quantum leap in the ability to move information and data at, at, at ultra high speeds and that has a huge impact both commercially and for national security if, if, if you the, think
0: of if you think of 4g as being because it is it's a pipeline of information if you think of that as a garden hose um uh, 5g is a garden hose the size of the channel
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and they're trying to corner the market on that. And the way they're doing that is, again, it's part of their strategy known as the Belt and Road. They're, they're working in underdeveloped nations to get those nations to buy into Chinese 5G infrastructure, which is like repeater cells and, and that kind of thing. And once they do that, they will have access to that data. Uh, the military is really scrambling to try and figure out a way to prevent China from cornering the market on 5G because it's going to have significant, uh, a significant impact on the ability to do military operations anywhere in the U.S. or to defend the country against attacks if the Chinese control worldwide the 5G networks.
0: And they control all of the information. They'll, they'll be able to hack anything if if their spine is where uh is where all of the information is is traveling on correct
1: it's it's both intelligence as well as the ability to uh cut off or stop the the use of 5g if if they control the infrastructure for example they could cut off 5g the, the the military's use of 5g uh somewhere in the united states which would again cripple us just like they could cripple our satellites by firing missiles at maybe like a, a dozen or so satellites they could cripple. So these are the things they're doing. It's really a Cold War with China. And yet there's only one side waging it, and that's Beijing.
0: Are we getting better with Trump?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's It's been a tectonic shift. Um, I point out in the book that early President-elect held a meeting at Trump Tower early After he was elected And he brought together all the top tech executives And he asked them what their concerns were And all of them said You have to do something about China stealing our technology Or we're not going to be able to survive
0: All right, more in just a second the, The name of the book is Deceiving the Sky Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy The author is Bill Gertz More in just a second Welcome to the uh, program. We're talking to Bill Gertz. Uh, He has a a new book all about China, Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy. It's called Deceiving the Sky. Uh, And I I don't think people really understand what China
2: is um, and what it is growing into. Bill, I I had a question about intellectual theft, intellectual property theft. A big chunk of that is, you know, you guys talked about these real kind of overt actions of theft where they're taking things and stealing things and hacking and doing these uh, actions that are you know blatantly criminal. But there's another big chunk of this which is essentially American companies agreeing to these standards to go over there to access this market and you know they China basically says, "Hey, if you want to come over here and sell your products, well you got to give us that that, that technology." And a lot of American companies, they complain about it to our government, but they wind up doing it anyway. I mean, isn't that a huge part of this problem?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I have a friend who recently retired from a Fortune 500 company in China, American company, and he explained that the Chinese, you know, this is basically a country with no rule of law, but they exploit so-called law for their economic benefit. And mm-hmm. in one case, what they did over there was they requ- they passed a law that said all foreign companies must share their intellectual property and core information. And, uh, but the thing is, they never enforced it, and, but it was always there. And this guy said if they enforced it, no company could do business. They could not give up that intellectual property. But that shows you the kind of coercive measures and uh, quasi-legal efforts that they use to gain uh, power over American companies. But is it
0: coercive? Because these companies, for instance, Google is shameful, and so is Facebook. Google in particular, they just want access to the minds and the information. And so they're willing to do business with these guys because they want to mine that information. They want that their algorithms to get better. Um, and and they they're just going over voluntarily to do this. I mean, I think these guys are going to be remembered like Nazi collaborators in the end.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um this is a huge problem, and again, it's it's a result of this legacy of unfettered engagement. The government was telling companies for decades, just don't worry about the threat from China. There's no threat. Just go invest over there. Um, again, that's changing, and uh, when the government uh, tells you that something's a threat, we're starting to see some of these companies pull out. Uh, but then again, it may be too late in the sense that they've already pillaged so much. Uh, In the case of Google, I highlight in the book how uh, Google was totally uh, craven in agreeing to develop a censored search engine for China so that China, again, it could contribute to China's high-tech totalitarianism, to block uh, sites and uh, things that the Chinese did not want the Chinese people to see. And uh, uh, Vice President Pence gave a speech last uh, October of last year in which he said, Google should get rid of this. They shouldn't be doing this. Unfortunately, I think. And then Google was called before Congress and said, "Well, no, we're not doing this." But I think the damage has already been done in that they've probably hired many of the Google scientists who were developing this censored search engine known as uh, Dragonfly.
0: So where do we stand with um, China? Uh, you know, this this trade war and. This cold war that we're having, uh, chi- you know, China buys a lot of our stuff from our farms, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're really hurting uh, there. China, they, you know, you never know what the truth is with China, but, uh, you know, they, they have, I saw a trend just yesterday that consumers are starting to use instant noodles. Uh, instead of actual noodles over in China, which is cheaper, so it shows that it maybe they're starting to hurt uh, down at the, uh, the the very bottom. They're building ghost cities. They printed uh, some say up to uh, fifty trillion dollars in cash and put twenty five trillion of that in their own uh, businesses, and then the other twenty five trillion apparently they put in U.S. stocks and bonds and and things in the West. That can't be a sign of health.
1: No. Uh, and uh, there, is, there are growing signs of instability. Uh, and, and part of that is the actions of the current supreme leader, Xi Jinping, who, again, is, he's the president, he's the general secretary of the Communist Party of China, and he's also the head of the Central Military Commission, the, the barrel of the gun, as Mao said, which controls the whole system. And he has made a major shift. Uh, up until 2012, when he took power, Uh, The guiding uh, watch phrase for China was outlined by Deng Xiaoping, the post-Mao communist, who said, bide our time, build our capabilities. Well, under Xi Jinping, they're basically on the march. They're they're saying, well, we're still building our capabilities, but we're not biding our time. Uh, He's declared something called the China dream, which is really the Communist Party of China nightmare, which is, again, to spread this totalitarian system throughout the world and and Mm -hmm. basically become the dominant superpower and he's doing that in a a number of various ways the most visible of which is this thing called the belt and road initiative and it's a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure project to, to take over these undeveloped countries
0: so where do we stand are when we are looking to go to economic war Do we have a stronger hand? Do they have a stronger hand?
1: Well, the battle is still underway politically within the Trump administration. You have uh, forces there primarily uh, aligned with uh, the Wall Street people that bailed out the Communist Party of China for many, many years. And they want to go back to those old appeasement policies, the the false notion that if we just trade with China, everything will be okay. So there's still a battle going on. Um, That said, the strongest proponent for uh, protecting the American economy and advancing American interests is the president. And he's aligned himself with a, with a really good group of people that are, are taking action. Uh, the, the, uh, the trade representative Lighthizer, uh, Peter Navarro at the White House, he does industrial policy, uh, Matt Pottinger, the deputy national security advisor. And on the pro-China side, you basically have uh, the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, who's pushing, uh, again, to go back to the old appeasement-oriented uh, policies. It remains to be seen, uh, you know, Trump is is the art of the deal. He He could, you know, cave in if he thinks he's going to get a deal. But I can tell you this trade deal that they're working on is not going to go anywhere.
0: Why do you say that?
1: Well, uh, according to a senior administration official I talked to, he he explained to me uh, they had worked out in great detail a 150-page agreement with the Chinese. Uh, They reached it in May, and they were all set to sign it, and it covered things like cyber attacks, like currency manipulation, even the export of fentanyl into the United States, Mm. which... China is facilitating to exacerbate the opioid crisis.
0: I think, and, I think, can I just say this and then you go back? I think they are doing what uh, the British did to the Chinese with the opioid war. I mean, the no, opium war. No wars.
1: question. Uh, no I think question they're doing it to us. To
0: revenge. Yes. yes. No question.
1: Well, this was included in this deal. And uh, the word is that they, the Chinese took this to the senior Communist Party leaders and they said, We can't sign this agreement because it will be an admission that we had done all of these things. And so that's kind of where things are now. And now both sides are trying to work out a partial deal or some kind of compromises. And the way it was explained to me is as long as uh, Trump holds out for uh, the real deal, uh, nothing's going to happen in the near future.
2: Mm. But that's one of the things I think is fascinating about this, the trade war as an entity, because we have something here called elections, right? And, you yeah. know, there, they don't have to worry about that. So, you know, with the pressure of Trump maybe getting this deal done, it would help the economy probably. It would, it, you know, if we have a downturn yeah. next year in the middle of an election season, he's going to have a real incentive to get something done. But there's no incentive for the Chinese to come along at all on these things because they don't have to worry about an upcoming election.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a really good point, because back in October when Pence gave that speech, he talked about Chinese election meddling. And he basically, and it didn't get a lot of attention, Uh, obviously, Washington has been in near hysteria for two years or three years on Russian meddling in the 2016 election. But the real election meddling is by China. And he said the Chinese want a different president. Um, In -hmm. the book, I quote a guy named Kevin Freeman. And I I Mm -hmm. came across Kevin when he was working for uh, the Pentagon and he did an unconventional warfare scenario. And he posited that What if a nation were to trigger an economic downturn like we saw in 2008? And, of course, the Pentagon reacted. They they basically uh, tried to uh, can his report. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very worried that the Chinese uh, in October or some type uh, in September of 2020 could try to trigger uh, an economic downturn that would have political ramifications for for, uh, Trump.
0: Kevin uh, actually works for uh, The Blaze uh, and does a show on The Blaze. I'm very familiar with him, and and I think he's spot on. I think he's spot on, and I think you're spot on on that. Um, Just let me ask one last question. Um, What does the world look like if America continues to bend over and and uh, not draw a line in the sand with China. What does America? What does America and the world look like in 2030?
1: Uh, to me, it, it's a, it's not an America that I would want to live in. It would be a, 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 a totalitarian nightmare. And I think we're seeing the first blushes of this with this NBA controversy of how uh, mm. uh, one of their executives supported democracy in China. And the entire NBA just uh, prostrated itself in front of the Chinese in a bid to try and gain access to that market. Uh, this, w- this would be a horrible world if the Chinese take control. It, it's it's uh, it, it, Like I say, it's an existential threat. It's not climate change like the Democratic presidential candidates like to say. It's communist China. Mm.
0: Bill, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You follow him, GertzFile.com. Uh, his name is Bill Gertz, and the name of the book is Deceiving the Sky. You want to understand the future? You want to understand future war? You want to understand why we must uh, stop uh, coddling China? Read this book, Deceiving the Sky Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy by Bill Gertz. Thank you, Bill. Ah, I wanted to ask him if there really was a general sow. Hey, we want to welcome uh, all of our Las Vegas listeners to our new home. It's News Talk 840 KXNT. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We are live in uh, Las Vegas now. We are thrilled to be a part of uh, KXNT. All right. um, Tonight at five o'clock, we have another chalkboard on the impeachment of Donald Trump. This chalkboard is going to show you how things usually work with a whistleblower and how this whistleblower worked. Hmm, It doesn't seem to match up at all. And we'll give you we'll give you
2: that the latest uh, on the Trump impeachment today at five o'clock. I haven't seen anything uh, where people have trouble keeping the same story straight. It's certainly not coming out of the Elizabeth Warren campaign right now. No, she is consistent. She, oh, she knows her story. She's yeah. sticking to it. Well, except
0: for that pregnancy thing. I mean, she was. Well, yeah. Okay, she was a first-year teacher, and uh, she's on record. In fact, her teaching records say that she didn't have the right qualifications. Uh, and so she had to, after her first year she had to go back and get some extra qualifications to be able to teach the next year so um, that's what she said that's what the records say uh, but then in this campaign she's come out and said she was pregnant uh I don't know with a squaw i'm not I'm not really sure but she was pregnant mm-hmm. and um, and she was fired because she was
2: visibly pregnant. It's a huge, huge firing reason around America. People are like, "Oh, I see you're visibly pregnant; therefore, you're fired." For a teacher, it happens all the time. All the time. Isn't it amazing Mm -hmm. how how bad you think the world is if you follow these people? Yeah, it's a central part of their argument, which is the United States sucks, and everything about it sucks, and everything about your life sucks, and you're never going to get ahead. Future sucks, and you need me to make it not suck as much. It's It's still going to suck because if you elect them and they're there for a long time, they will still need to convince you it continually sucks because of somebody else. So she is on record saying the other story. Was she lying then or is she lying now? Which which liar is she? It does need to be one of the two, doesn't it? It it does. Shockingly, I've seen very little pickup from the mainstream media, on such an odd claim. Nothing to do with every single person they interact with being just like Elizabeth Warren, a white liberal that's wealthy from the suburbs. That's, you know, everybody who is in the media is Elizabeth Warren, which is why she's getting such favorable treatment. You're so jaded. Well, the world sucks. Everything (laughs) sucks. You suck. Your life sucks. Your future sucks. (laughs) Or it doesn't, and you can
0: continue to listen to this broadcast, and we'll see you... Tonight at five o'clock, it's actually getting quite bright. Quite bright with the truth.